We have been the biggest advertiser on YouTube globally. Wow. The big business is reaching people who don't intend to buy, don't actively search to buy something, and get them in, persuade them to buy, and get them to buy more or less immediately. And this ability is usually done in specific niches. The big ones are financial, a lot of supplements, brands, fitness, diet, golf, for example, which is like a bit of yeah. something in, in the middle between uh, the regular e-com and direct response. Those are just examples of the, the leading niches. To get a better understanding of the, the amount of videos we, we produce, we have like 2,000 ads a month that we produce here, okay? Wow. 2,000 video ads? Yeah, a month. Oh. Okay, now, now not all of them are totally different, but mm. obviously a lot of them are different. In most cases, we have a couple of versions of the same ad as well. So when we test, so as I told you, we have different angles, we have different, some cases, presenters, different type of ads, and for each one of them, we have different versions. Because let's say that there's something you want to try now, so you might try it with a different opening. This option, this option, this option, etc. So it's a factory of ads. As a serial entrepreneur, I'm always trying to evolve. Having great conversations with other high performers is one of the best ways to grow. Not only in business, but also in spirit, health and relationships. This is Svencast. Listen, grow, repeat. Welcome everybody. Today I'm talking to the amazing CEO of Kendago, Rafi Magen. Welcome, Hi. Rafi. Hi, Sven. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Sure. I, I really haven't uh, found many interviews with you in English, so this is like one of the very few, which and uh, this makes me especially proud. True. Cool. So you're the CEO of Kendago. Uh, please describe what Kendago actually does. Okay. So um, a bit of background about Kendago. Actually, Kendago was uh, founded 15 years ago by two engineers in Israel uh, that started um, as uh, affiliates. And they uh, quite quickly became like one of the world's biggest affiliates at the time, and uh, it evolved to what we are today. And today we are a um, digital marketing uh, partner that partners with companies and help them scale using paid media on the tier one networks. Now this means that we look at ourselves as partners and we help the success in all aspects of the business. So our craft, our expertise is the paid media Uh, but in order to succeed and to do so, we actually work with the vendors hand in hand on all parts of the funnel and their business and help them succeed. I so see. This, this is in a nutshell what we do. Yeah, one of the founders is Roy, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I know him. Like when I, when I was selling um, uh, fat loss stuff, uh, I worked with him like 10 years ago or so. Well, more wow. than more than 10 years ago and he, yeah. he used to give me like the newest google requirements like the landing page uh, quality score requirements change this on the landing page and change that <laughs> that was cool yeah great and so no, now you are like more like an agency um and i've i've read that um so so it's possible to work with you guys right yeah yeah but look 
the definition of an agency is, is a bit uh, misleading in our case. Mm-hmm. So actually what we do, we have um, various ways to work with uh, vendors. On one side, there's the agency model, but it's still very oriented to results. We don't charge anything and we don't have budgets. So what we do, we deliver the results and we get paid according to the results, according to the, the spend and the scale. So this is one side of the business. The other, we partner with brands and we help them succeed, which is more like an affiliate model, but it's different in that we are one-on-one with them. It's just us and them. It's not like being another affiliate of a list of affiliates. And we help them succeed in all parts of their business. Okay, it's not just Mm -hmm. us sending traffic. It's us working with them on the funnels, helping them creating new offers, um, working with them on the creative materials, directing them, writing scripts for them, uh, recording for them in some cases. So the partnership model is something that uh, we're very proud of and it's working really mm-hmm. amazingly for us. Cool. And, and, and can you describe this kind of partnership? Is it like, do you... Uh, build a company together or do you have separate entities and you just do joint venture deals with the reseller so that the joint venture contract splits the profit or how is that structured if you so may share that in those cases it's a joint venture mm-hmm. and um, it's not a company it's not that you form a company we also have the ability to to invest in in businesses but usually it's us doing our part they're doing their part and um, the money is split according to one mechanism or the other. It could be using Digistore, for example, or ClickBank, mm-hmm. and it could be in other ways. But mm-hmm. that's the idea. Each one does his part, but working very closely with each other help maximize the results. It's not just separately, it's together. So we build a roadmap together, we help them proceed, we help them achieve it, and each one contributes what is best at. Cool. And what what are your typical customers? Are there are they e-commerce brands? Are they direct response offers? What are they? So, okay. So, in the digital marketing space, what we're doing is direct to consumer, and in that, what we're doing is direct response, which means mm-hmm. we obviously also do search and you know high intent uh, customers, but The big business is reaching people who don't intend to buy, don't actively search to buy something and get them in, persuade them to buy and get them to buy more or less immediately or usually immediately. So, and, and this ability is usually done in, in uh, specific niches. So the, the big ones are financial, um, could be supplements, a lot of supplements, brands, uh, fitness, diet, um, golf, for example, which is like a bit of yeah. something in, in the middle between uh, uh, the regular e-com and direct response. Um, there's, so those are just examples of the, the leading niches that we work in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and in those niches, we have specialty 
our, our copywriters are very experienced. We know the materials very well. Um, for us, it's very easy. Okay, now we, we reached a couple of milestones in, this, uh, in our work. For example, mm -hmm. we have been the biggest advertiser on YouTube globally from time to time. Wow. Um, and we signed an agreement with Tabula, special agreement with Tabula. Uh, we work uh, very closely with ba basically all the tier one networks that help us in availability of betas. Uh, in some cases, they even help by creating creatives for us and our partners and, and clients. Mm -hmm. So um, th this, is, uh, this is what we do. Okay, um, like, so so I, I've read about a unique Kendago method on your webpage. Can you describe what your unique method is? Or is it the, the, okay. just the way of your partnership, the way your partnership works, or what's your method? So it's, the commercial side is one thing, okay, but, but this is not what, uh, what, what makes us, I think, uh, really unique. The, the issue is that the... Um, The competition level in what we do is extremely high. Yeah. So in order to be very successful here, it's like in some respect, the winner takes it all. You have to be yeah. better than most of the players in the market. And for that, what we did is analyzed all parts of the success. What, what is needed in order to succeed? And we improved every part of this uh, formula. Okay, so on one side, there's the traffic, on the other side, there's creative, and there's productions, and there's the brand reputation, and there's the technical part, which is became more and more significant, by the way, if we'll talk about it later with the iOS 14, etc. So mm. we took each part and developed it by its own, and at the same time, developed processes to merge everything. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing, for example, is working in a methodology which is scientific to some extent that the creative people work with the campaign managers who are mostly by the way engineers and they mm -hmm. work with them hand in hand to step by step uh, build uh, experiments and analysis of the experiments and um, and once something is working expand it if something isn't working replace it and that's how you constantly improve and you widen the campaigns as well Because you can mm -hmm. take one angle that's working, improve it, and then search for other angles at the same time, find the ones that do work, and then expand them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like imagine a tree. It starts with one, uh, one um, how do you say, like one branch, and then it, it's split into more and more and more, and the, the tree becomes bigger and bigger. And this is what we do. We're starting with something, improving it and expanding it, and at the same time analyzing all the angles and testing them step by step in order to find the ones that work and expand them as well at the same time. Okay, so the, the, this is the mechanism. Mm -hmm. You, um, well, obviously, like, let, let's um, analyze the elements of what makes a campaign successful. So, um, do you also go to the level of landing page? 
meaning if there is a VSL, a video sales letter, do you also go through the copy and um, test these things out? Because I think there is a million things you could test there mm -hmm. in the whole funnel thing. Like what are the, the important things that you look for? Okay, so first I should say that we start to work with um, products and funnels that convert to some extent. Okay, yeah. we, since we've been growing rapidly and, and adding people and, and, um, and um, stuff all the time, but we're still contemplating which offer to take the next, okay? Because we, we can't take everything we see. So when we start to work with, um, with a brand and an offer, it has to be something that was already tested, optimized to some extent, and working on direct response. Once it gets to us, we analyze all the parts. Okay, so one, one side is, as I, explained, as I explained, is the advertising side, but the other side is the marketing. Okay, so marketing can also be split into various aspects. So it could be, it's first actually technical, okay, which is something yeah. that, that you must address and, and we, I've seen things which, Are, are definitely surprising and, and I wouldn't expect, but they happen, a lot of problems. Second is the, the text and the copy and, um, and the visuals and everything. And this is something we do usually in the next phase, not immediately. Hmm. First, we take it, we grow it, and usually there's a lot of things you can do quite quickly. Let's say that something is running on Facebook. Okay, running mm -hmm. on Facebook successfully didn't work on the rest of the channels, rest of the mm -hmm. networks. So what we do is take it, improve the results on Facebook, at the same time add, for example, Google, TikTok, mm -hmm. what, what comes next, could be Snap, but usually a bit later. Uh, and then when it's working on a couple of channels, and usually we also add angles, So, mm -hmm. and imagine everything yeah. doubles the, the rest of them. So you improve the conversions, okay? You add networks mm. and then uh, obviously everything works well because technically everything works well. And then you go to the funnel and you start improving the funnel with the ads. Sometimes there are insights from the ads that could be implemented in the funnel. Because if there's... Um, The, the constant testing brings up a lot of knowledge. So take, for example, that one angle works better than the other. Yeah. You can stress this angle in the landing page. Maybe it was yeah. not as clear as it was. So the ping pong starts. At that point, the, the, our work with the vendor hand in hand starts, really starts. Mm. Okay, Because there's insights coming from each direction to the other and implementing mm. Now, another thing, that, another thing that we have, and this starts quite quickly, is that since we have a lot of offers running at the same time, usually a list of offers at the same niche, we have a lot of know-how that we can share between them, it has a lot of best practice. Mm -hmm. So this best practice is usually something we give to the vendor and tell him, look, what you're doing is very nice, but there's a lot of opportunities here We know that this works better than this, and this works better than this. Now, obviously, you need to test. The yeah. fact that it's working for most of the 
cases doesn't mean it's going to work in your case, but at least there's a list of things with very high probability to work. So we give this and build this with the vendor. So at the same time that we do our direct work, we, work, we build a plan with him and he starts doing his work. And everything is a multiplier. Improve by 50% here, 50% here, 50% here. Mm. You have to double everything. Yeah. So this, this is wow. the beauty of the game. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It's really scaling up stuff. It's yeah. really cool. Um, you mentioned some best practices. Can you share your best practices? Some th things that some people from the audience might consider. Wow. Um, so obviously I'm going to leave the, the campaign management uh, on the side. Uh, yeah. But look, marketing-wise, there's, there's a lot of things about the presenter and is he related to the target audience? Hmm. And um, when is there a drop in the, in the video, like in the engagement with the video? What to mm. do in order to fix a drop in, the, uh, in this, um, along the video? Um, the structure of the landing page, how to do it, mm -hmm. what to do. There's, there's so many aspects in it. So... Mm -hmm. it, will be very complex to, to discuss it here. Um, but, but there's a lot of things to be done. A, a lot of companies who uh, drive traffic to the landing page, they do, they do create very complicated landing pages. This is like um, a common mistake that I see that um, people really mean it well and they want to look professional and they want and they want to put all the information in but really uh, they're making their landing pages way too complicated what kind of uh, can you describe the landing page structure that works the best from your perspective many of the landing pages are pretty simple these days um, yeah. yeah pretty pretty simple and the video does the work and i'm talking about specific direct response funnels Okay, mm -hmm. it's not e-com. This is direct response. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to get people too distracted um, when they reach the landing page. So I totally agree with what you say about uh, direct response pages. Now, yeah. it could be that it's a page without a video, but in this case, especially if you want to charge, you know, not $1.99, you want to charge something more significant, Mm -hmm. In those cases, we have to do the heavy lifting in the ad level. Okay, so we do use videos in those pages mm -hmm. without videos, but we, we use the videos in, in the ad level and get people warmed up and get them excited in order to reach the page when they want to buy. So this is also a possibility. Now, the, others, the other option is obviously a long uh, text page. Uh, yeah, which is working, but it's not working as well for direct response. Okay, you can get conversions, uh, but but usually you'll get lower customer value, mm -hmm. and in many cases you might get lower conversions. So it, it depends on the case. If it's really well written, it could work. So there's no one fit all. It's not that I can say, look. 
it has to have a video, it has to be short, and nothing yeah. else works. It's not like this, okay? But, but definitely the video does most of the work. Mm. You need a video, uh, not, you need the, 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 the client not to be distracted too much. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned the ad level. Do you mean videos on the landing page or video, the, the video ad or both? Okay, so no, I, what I meant was videos on the ads. And mm. generally speaking, we use a lot of video, okay? Like 80% of what we do is video related, is using videos. And even if there's a video uh, on the landing page, we use videos in ads at the same time. Mm. So using videos on the ads can, in some cases, make the video on the landing page not required. Okay, yeah. so it depends on the case. But it's not, it becomes not a must if you're using the video on the ad level. And how, how are they then different? Like what's the typical length of, of an ad video versus the landing page video? So uh, once I would tell you that um, an ad, video ad is, is short, but there's, in some cases, we use very, very long video ads. So it depends on the case. Uh, it also impacts the pricing of the advertisement. So there's a lot of things to consider here. And once again, there's no one solution that fits in all, in all cases. Yeah, sure. Because usually you pay more for, uh, for long ads. But you don't use like uh, the, the same video for both the landing page and the ad, right? So mm, usually not. Usually not, but, but, but we can. But look, if you use, there's, there's a, a strategy that was used quite a lot in the recent year, in the, in the last year, that uh, to use the VSL as an ad. Just put, play the VSL as an ad, okay? Mm -hmm. And those cases, the problem is that it gets um, like too overused. And in some case, at some point, it stops converting. So just using the VSL as an ad and having the VSL in the page is good for a limited period of time and it I has see. its price. So we don't do it quite often. Okay, we usually, mm -hmm. we could use elements, uh, we could use different openings uh, to something like this, but it's not just, um, there's no one trick here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of work. Sure, sure. I'll tell yeah. you just to, to, to get a better understanding of the, the amount of videos we, we produce. Mm -hmm. We have like 2,000 ads a month that we produce here. Okay, wow. 2,000 video ads. Yeah, a month. Whoa. Okay, now, now not all of them are totally different. But mm. obviously a lot of them are different. And, and, and in most cases, we have a couple of versions of the same ad as well. So when we test, so as I told you, we have different angles. We have different, in some cases, presenters, different type of ads. And for each one of them, we have different versions. Because let's say that there's something you want to try now. So you might try it with a different opening, like this option, this option, this option, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's a factory of ads. Nice. And... Um... 
who comes up with all this? What kind of staff do you have? So we, we merged uh, a couple of things here. So we took people from the old type of advertising, like the classic mm -hmm. advertising agencies, like BBDO, yeah. uh, McCann, etc. And they were champions in what they did in the past, but they didn't know direct response at all. And so they joined the group. And on the other hand, there were people that are experts in digital marketing and people who are experts in campaign management and PPC. And what we build here is a combination of all of them. So now what we have, we have strategists. That the strategists analyze the, the product, the funnel, the markets, the angles, etc. They build the infrastructure. And after building the infrastructure, they start managing the process that I talked about before. And around them, there are a couple of groups. So one group is the campaign managers who on one side know PPC, but on the other, they also learn digital marketing. On the other side, they are the creative directors and their teams. They have uh, graphic designers, art directors, video editors, copywriters, etc. They have like a cluster of people who execute. Now they have to execute according to the program. They have to, to execute. And to that, there's the analysts and um, the R&D that helps with the systems and the analysis of data. Mm -hmm. So more or less, this is how it's wor it works. And they come from different uh, fields of expertise, like the campaign managers are usually engineers. Mm -hmm. um, the creative people usually grew up in the creative world. They come with... Um, understanding of people, creative messaging, etc. Um, and the technical people are usually like they could be uh, developers, they could be uh, data analysts, etc. So this is in a nutshell, the, the, the typical people we have. This is interesting. Yeah, I will. Uh, I, I was talking to Robert Grant, I don't know if you know him recently. He also has a, a Facebook agency, a very successful one in Israel. And he told me like the best PPC people. And that's also my impression being in this industry, having been in this industry for more than a decade, um, is like the, the best PPC people are in Israel and from Israel. What do you think? Why is that? So well, like what makes Israel like what's the relation between PPC and Israel that makes it so special? So not sure if PPC in specific, PPC is one, you know, aspect of a bigger phenomenon. Generally, Israel, ever since the internet started, has started mm -hmm. to flourish. Because what you see in Israel is, I think, the number two in the world in startups, in high-tech mm -hmm. companies growth. Yeah. There's... What's happening here is amazing, and I'll talk about a problem in a, in, a, in a second, but there's so many initiatives here, so many startups, so many high-tech companies uh, growing now that you, you even you can't grasp it. Israel is like, yeah. all of Israel is 9 million people, okay? Mm -hmm. And out of them, by the way, there are like 
one and a half million Orthodox Jews, which are not really into the the high-tech scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, every day you see a couple of startups that raised hundreds of millions on a daily basis, hundreds of millions of dollars a day for startups. Wow. Startups are sold and, and they acquire companies on a daily basis. It's truly unbelievable. Now, the bad side to this, by the way, is that there's not enough people. So if people mm. want to come to Israel, I tell you, we need good people here. There's, everybody is, is, is working, and it's very difficult to grow the business because of it. So if, if we have one problem, it's finding enough good people to join the team I because of, of, of what's happening now. Okay, now about PPC in specific. So I think that it's um, the fact that it's it was like a, a new profession at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Israel, people love new things, want, love to, to try new things. And, and since you can do from little Israel, you can reach the world. So I think yeah. it, it, it's very appealing. We have yeah. like the little guy mentality, like you're so small and suddenly you can do everything and everything is open. So it, it's really exciting. Cool. But did you everything have, yeah. is, is, is a theory and a guess. <laughs> I don't think, you know, mm-hmm. anything concrete. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you compare people from Israel to, for example, people from Europe or the US, like what are the differences in the mentality and like how people are uh, from your perspective and regarding the mindset? You just mentioned that they're, they like new things. Um, so I think that Israelis, on one side, they're a bit bold. Like they, they believe that they can... They can do it. If mm-hmm. others do it, I can do it as well. Like like a basic assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in, in the case, what we dis- discussed is like, you know, I see everybody's opening a startup. Why don't I do it as well? It's something mm-hmm. like this. And um, Israelis are generally direct. Okay. They don't mm-hmm. like uh, just say things if they don't believe in them or... Uh, mm talk very, very open and talk openly. Um, and in some cases, I think that Israelis think out of the box, like don't mm-hmm. necessarily accept what they've been told or like the rules that this is what you should do and this is what I will do. And uh, so everyone has an, an opinion and everybody is willing, willing, want to share his opinion so um, the the good side, I think, the good side to to this is is the business because you see a yeah. lot of entrepreneurs because of it, and uh, not just accepting what's what's working now and assuming they can do better, etc. Um, I used to say that uh, Israelis are willing to work hard in order to achieve mm-hmm. their goal. I'm not so sure about the the current generation. Mm-hmm. We became very, very Western. <laughs> so people here also, they, they calm down with their uh, willing to work extremely hard as it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that's the characteristics. But talking to people who came to Israel the first time and met Israelis, 
in some cases they were surprised because they, they saw this more or less a Western country, like all the rest yeah. of the West. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Like you have a Western country in the middle of the Islamic world, basically. This is amazing. Definitely. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. And yeah. um, like all of you guys, usually unlike other countries, you guys be in the military and you, you've been in the Air Force as far as I know. Um, like... Does that how how does that change the mentality? I think it's very different if you've been long for, for in the military for for a while as opposed to not at all like myself. Um, what did you bring into your let's say professional life later on from your military training? Actually, it's interesting that you you bring it up because I haven't thought about it a lot, but it's true mm -hmm. because. When you're 18, you go to the army, okay? And uh, it's um, obligatory, like you have, to, you have to go to the army. And the good side in it is that you get to do things that usually you don't get to do when you're 18. Like mm -hmm. on one side, it's, it's a necessity, necessity of the army to, to take these young people and to, to let them do uh, those Uh, roles and to give them a lot of responsibility but at the same time for the people it builds your confidence it shows you how a big system works mm -hmm. you know how to to improve things and how to uh, work according to standards and, and there's a lot a lot of aspects in it and and you get the safe self-esteem that i talked about before you believe yeah, yeah. i can do it you know i yeah. i was responsible for 40 people and millions of dollars why not so i can do everything and maybe the army service help in that respect could be now by the way another side which is uh, an advantage of a small country is that many people know many people yeah so usually like you have friends from the army that you met and one of them is uh, an engineer another one is an accountant another one is this another one is that and another one works in a in a hedge fund with money mm -hmm. and then You say, okay, so I have an idea and I know somebody with money. I know an engineer that can implement it. Da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. And it also helps the making things move. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Switzerland. It kind of feels the same. Like, like if you know, like the right people, then you can make things happen easily. It seems so. It's, it's very cool. That, that's what I like about small countries. Um, you're really able to network and you feel like, You have like kind of like an oversight of of uh, what's going on, and um, why do you think the current generation is more soft or more westernized? Like, what what has changed there? So, I think it's it's it might it's it's a bit of a problem, but but it came from a good place because when they grew up, they grew up in families that could take care of them very well could provide them with everything they had like a variety of things without much efforts and uh when you're in a good state in life you have the ability to say okay so i've the my the things i really need now i want to develop my personality i want to enjoy life i want to do things for myself and 
if I look 40 years ago in Israel, by the way, 40 years ago, Israel was way, way back compared to the U.S. and Europe. Yeah. I, I remember when I, when I was a kid uh, traveling to the U.S., I was, I was amazed. The, the difference between Israel and the, and the U.S. back like in the 80s was huge. Mm-hmm. And growing up, it, it wasn't like we had everything. We had tons of money to spend and whatever we wanted, wanted to buy, we could buy it. It wasn't like this. So obviously it, it makes a difference, okay? If you live in a family that can provide yeah. everything. So you're more focused on, on fun and enjoying life and balancing work and personal life. Now for, for the business side, it's not so good, okay? When it's too yeah. much, it, it, it could, it's not perfect. But as you can see, even with that, we can, be, we can, we can do good things. So it's also not mm. the end of the world, just to balance the picture. So it's also not sure. the end of the world. Sure. I think that's, that's especially interesting when you want to hire staff. Uh, how do you recruit people? How do you find out if they're good or not? So uh, this is something we invested quite a lot in. Mm. We have a funnel for, for <laughs> recruiting. And uh, obviously different roles get different, uh, we use different processes for different roles. Mm -hmm. But generally what we have, we have the the HR people that are experts in interviews and analyzing uh, people. Mm -hmm. We have um, a computerized exam, which examines like um, like an SAT, to some extent, it has two sides. One, the, your personal capabilities, and the other, your personality. And we have a series of interviews that we do. And we also talk to people who know you from the past. So we, we invest quite a lot in it. We learned that okay. making the wrong decision is, is, is horrible. So we, we rather, you know, um, miss somebody, miss, miss out on somebody, than to take somebody who's not really good. Mm-hmm. Both on the professional level and the personal level, because it's just as important, you know, the personal level. Now, at the same time, in order to retain good people, it's also a challenge. Okay, so in order to retain yeah. people, you have to. One side is to get them excited about what they do, to constantly show them, uh, chat, to give them challenges and. And there's the atmosphere that needs to be good and obviously salaries and all the rest of it. I think, by the way, I, I usually tell people here that I believe that we are the, the, the digital marketing uh, group that has the higher expenses ever. Nobody mm-hmm. has such high expenses as us. It's, it's also because of the, the local currency, the shekel. Yeah. I think last year is the strongest currency in the world. Okay, really? really, I don't think there's any currency like our currency. And it's also us as an exporter with all our business in the US and Europe. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a, even a bigger challenge. Yeah, you have, you have like, as an exporting country, you have like, <laughs> you have amazing services. Like, have you heard of NSO Group? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. No, not obviously not. I'm not connected personally, but I do. Yeah, it's it's amazing. They they uh, sell 
spy software to spy spy services to to governments. <laughs> yeah, personally, I'm not very into it, really. Yeah, but but you know, they're no, me neither. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're one out of tens of thousands of, of companies, but there's uh, definitely exciting things that that happen here. But uh, for me, if I look for if I look to the future, I think that opening branches outside of Israel makes sense. Okay, mm. the more and more. Because if you take, for example, even countries which are with a lot of talent in them, if you, if you take Spain, yeah. Italy, you know, p countries with so many talented people, and you see that there's like 30 to 40 percent unemployment of young people, mm. so you say, wow, there, there must be potential there. So yeah. um, it, it's uh, something w it's on our mind, and we'll see when to, to reach and actually do it. Cool. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I, I can kind of read your optimistic mindset. So a lot of people would say, oh, 40, 50% unemployment rate. Oh, they're just useless people. Uh, so bad. And you say, oh, potential. That's cool. That's no, interesting. Look, yeah. Obviously, in every place, there are people who are more talented, less talented, etc. But, but, Spain and Italy and, and, and a list of other countries, they, they have a lot of talent in there. Now, obviously, yeah. not everybody's talented, but yeah, a lot of talented people and high unemployment. There's definitely potential there. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so, like, as, as a last question, what, what would be your biggest tip if someone... Um, wants to build like really solid PPC campaigns. Like what's your, what's the most important thing to look for here? So first you should take into account that data is essential and it becomes more and more challenging. Okay. Because yeah. if you don't have your systems connected to the server with uh, ability to, um, to, to get the, all the data and to present it as it should, you, it's very difficult to manage campaigns these days. Uh, yeah. so, so this is one. Now, if I disregard it, and let's say that he, he does have the data, so I think that the combination between digital marketing and, and campaign management, because media buying by itself is not enough. You need to understand mm -hmm. the marketing side of things. Okay, what used to be nice in the past, just send traffic here, there, let's see what's, what's working, change a bit of words. It's not there anymore. You need to really understand the specific funnel, the specific offer, added values, markets, pain points. You need to understand everything and to link everything together. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, if I do look for something like a tip, Look at others, see what they're doing, copy it. Mm. <laughs> okay, so so I'm, I'm moving to the, the, the easiest tri t uh, tip is that, but it's not enough for the, for to reach higher points, bigger things, be really successful. You need to know what you're doing. Absolutely, and test everything. Like I remember there was like, uh, like there were times where the best converting ad was a rotten banana as a cartoon. You remember those times? It's not that I remember. We invented it. You invented we, it. We invented That's even it. better. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. We, 
we, it's, it's our founders. They invented the rotten banana, okay, and, and made millions out of it. This is the <laughs> so five cool. foods you never eat, you see a rotten banana, okay? <laughs> it used to work, and it worked for years, okay? And everybody started to copy it everywhere. Yeah. But these days, it's much more complex, much, mm. much more complex. This is why we have the factory that produces so many ads. It's not yeah. like you have one good idea, you can scale it to the roof and, and you know, enjoy it for a couple of years. The ads are getting worn out quickly. You need to constantly replace them, constantly refresh things. It, it's hard work. But obviously, the market is huge. If you do it as you should, it's, uh, it's also a huge opportunity. Absolutely. So, Rafi, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about your services, how can they reach you the best? I think that the best way is our website, www.kendago.com. And uh, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Rafi Magen, whatever. All works. So, Rafi, thank you so much for your time. That was an amazing conversation. Lots of value for the listeners. Um, I really appreciate it. And... I'm really looking forward to see you next time and have you on the show or, and or meet in person. Thank you so much. Cool, Spain. Same for me. It's really fun. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Svencast again.